You're on Energy Groove Radio. This is Arvo's My Name's Brad. Now, Katie Whiten, an Australian artist you might know from the band All Our Exes Live in Texas, has just released her debut solo single under the artist name Kit. The single is called Good Guy, and she joins me on the line now to talk about the single. Kit, welcome to Energy Groove. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. Tell me about Good Guy. It was released to the world April 3, and I believe you even performed it on Instagram as part of the single launch and uh, Isolate, I believe, as well. Um, well, we had, so I was on the first lineup of Isolate a few weeks ago, and that, that was really, really special. And um, I was supposed to have a single launch, a few single launches in Brisbane and Melbourne and Sydney, and I obviously can't do that anymore. So I don't know. I think a lot of musicians would um, understand this, but it doesn't quite feel like a real single release without a without a show. So um, I decided to put it on in my living room, and um, I had some supports. We had like Bonnie songs and um, Nancy Shipper and Hannah Blackburn, who I happen to live with as well. Um, and it was really nice, and it felt really good to play and um, you know perform in front of a an audience of some description. Um, to kind of birth the song into the into the world. Yeah, I mean it's a cracker of a song, but I can only imagine oh, that um, you know having that person to person interaction and that immediate feedback with an audience would be something that an artist is quite used to. So, how does it feel to perform to your phone or your camera um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe get the feedback afterwards? Yeah, it's very different, but it's kind of it's kind of lovely. I mean, I also had my housemates and um, sort of in the room, so they were kind of giving me a little bit of the audience feedback, which was really nice. Um, but I think I think the nicest part is I watched it back later and you never get to do that on a gig. And on Instagram, people can kind of write their thoughts and you never get that at a gig either because um, some people are too shy to come up and tell you what they think and other people don't want to be, you know, inappropriate and, and and then the people that do often come up and talk to you are the people that are either really confident and really lovely or slightly um <laughs> slightly <laughs> strange. Um, and so you kinda of get a mixed bag. And I think you still do get that on Instagram. There was there was a couple of funny comments um on there anyway. But I think I don't know, it's just I guess it's kind of trying not to compare the two um, as an artist because they are just so different and there is no point in trying to think of it as, as a, a normal gig. But there's still some really, I don't know, my whole family could watch, which was really nice. Um, and I got to kind of I see all my friends interact, which I'm from Brisbane and, and I don't get to have that very often. So that was kind of sweet. Um, and, yeah, I, my mum said at the end because I, I was thanking lots of people and I, I sort of went, oh, God, have I forgotten anyone? Oh, I better thank my mum. And um, she said, it's my pleasure. And then you ruined my body. (laughs) (laughs) Which everyone really thought was very funny. And I got lots of screenshots of that after the gig. So, (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Well, that's nice. I didn't think about it that way, that people who may not necessarily be able to attend can actually see you perform now. Or people who maybe, Mm. you know, don't feel comfortable, you know, going to to gigs with crowded spaces and strangers and stuff um, get to enjoy your music now. Absolutely. 
I think that that's kind of one of the most beautiful things that has come out of this is a realization that we've been leaving a bunch of people out accidentally um, from gigs and the theater and um, and live performance for for a long time. And there are people that have chronic illness and people that have mobility issues and and that are far away and or can't afford it. And and so to be able to put on a live stream, I mean, I, I I'm trying to sort of stay away from doing that sort of thing for free too often. And, and I always encourage people to kind of donate to support act or um, to, to buy the single or, you know, something to kind of make sure that we keep the value of, of art. Cause I think that's really important, but I hope that after this all blows over, lots of venues have, you know, um, I think it's called Twitch. I'm a little bit mm-hmm. technolo- technologically um, challenged sometimes, <laughs> but um, I think there's a platform called Twitch and I'm hoping that some venues install some cameras and kind of can broadcast gigs that people can watch from their bedroom and, and pay to watch. You know, we still we still want to put a, a financial value on the arts, but it would be nice to think that everyone that may not be able to attend can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell us about Good Guy uh, and the writing of it. You released it April 3 and it is your debut solo single. Well, uh, I wrote it with Ali Bada, who is an amazing songwriter. Um, and we kind of just got thrown together through her publisher. Um, and I had started writing Good Guy because um, I had this conversation with a, a friend of mine about someone who she had kind of been very good friends with and um, he just was not behaving very well and he was a musician and I just kind of have had enough. Um, having toured with my band for a long time, um, I've seen enough to know that it's pretty prevalent in the music industry and unfortunately the thing that made me mad was that there just don't seem to be consequences. Um, you know, people like Ryan Adams who did the wrong thing um, you know, people still listen to his music. People still go to his gigs. And he hasn't apologised. And I think that's the big thing that I, I find frustrating. I would love for the world to progress. And the way we progress, the way we have progress is to acknowledge that you've done the wrong thing, apologise and change your behaviour. Um, and I just don't really see that happening. I, I see men doing bad things and, and it not changing. Um, and we all get mad about it and we all get sad about it. And that's fine but there needs to be something behind that. So I sort of just was like, I'm not going to go to this person's gig. I'm not going to support them um, financially or like by being present at their show. Um, and that was my kind of little protest against bad behaviour. So that's kind of what the song is about. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an issue that is becoming more and more prevalent as, you know, more and more people speak out about their experiences. So I really commend you for mm. doing that, especially through uh, your art. Um, I, I was having a discussion with um, a musician by the name of Angie McMahon about this, um, mm. I f- think, last year when she dropped her album. Um, mm-hmm. She was just talking about her single, And I'm a Woman. Are you familiar with that track? Mm, yeah, and in fact, that was what sparked this song. Like, really? I listened to that, and it's such a beautifully melancholy exploration of that feeling. Mm. Um, and it kind of prompted me to be like, that's like we have all these different ways of expressing our, ourselves. And I was like, it broke my heart to watch her sing that. And I was like, I don't want us to feel that way anymore. 
you know? Yeah. I remember watching it on YouTube and being like, oh, that's, that's the, that's the feeling that I want us to avoid. I don't want us to have to feel like that anymore. So yeah, it's amazing. It's interesting that you brought that up because I haven't really, I didn't really, that's not something I've touched on at all, but that was the song that made me go, you know, I don't want to be sad anymore and I don't want us to have to be sad anymore. I want to be mad and I want to do something like active, you know? And I think Angie is very active in her activism. You know, she speaks up for people that are marginalized. And I think that that's, I think that that's very impressive for a young woman. You know, um, it's hard to get your point across sometimes. It's hard to be heard. People like Stella Donnelly, I think there there's lots of women that are really championing this movement, and I think it's very impressive. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, would I be able to play just a snippet of what she says in regards to that track? And I just, I'm just interested Absolutely. to get your thoughts um, on that. So just bear with me while I get that on. Like now, like I don't particularly like going to gigs, particularly some types of gigs, like, you know, being in a festival, mosh pit or whatever, because I just don't feel safe. And I think a lot of people feel that. And so this person who I was talking to, I'm like, bless him, like he's not a bad person, but he was just like, you know, boys will be boys. Like that's just the way that it is. And I was like, and that's kind of where the song title came from. It's like, boys will be boys and I'm a woman. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like it's just sort of, and I was like, well, I don't believe that that is an acceptable answer to the problems that we have. Well, it's not an answer. It's 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 an excuse. Yeah, well, exactly. And so it was a really different mindset. And I was feeling so frustrated because I was trying to express myself and my 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 experiences and my frustrations without coming across as like a crazy person <laughs> but like so much anger stored in myself and in my body just from like the things that happen and I'm not saying that I've had really traumatic experiences but a lot of people have in yeah. that in that context and it's like I I just couldn't in this conversation I just couldn't express how much it meant to me that like he was wrong and and that we can do better and so the mm. song came from like this really guttural place because I was just like I need to roar this out. Like I need to feel, I want that hurting to feel seen. And I want it to be so obvious that like what we have in that situation now, like in our society is not okay Mm. because so many people are affected by it. Just because all that shit happens doesn't mean it should keep happening or that we're okay with it. That was Andrew McMahon speaking to us last year about some negative experiences she's had um, that led her to write that song, And I'm a Woman. Kit, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what Angie said there. I mean, it must be incredibly frustrating to have such negative experiences but then have people brush them off um, as nothing important. Mm, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of a bit... I'm always a little bit shocked when it happens, even though it happens every time I go out. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's very interesting. I've I've had this conversation with some men in the last few years, um, and I genuinely think that a lot of these people that behave the way they behave have no idea how they make women feel. And I don't know if that's because we don't teach empathy to boys and we don't, we don't teach them that when they're growing up, we don't make them play with dolls. So they go, oh, the dolly's feeling sick. We've got to take the dolly to the doctor. You know, the reason that women are generally more empathetic, and I'm being very, um, I'm generalizing a lot here and stereotyping women, is because that's what our, our childhood is. We are expected and taught to be empathetic 
and kind. And if we're not, then we're seen as a bitch or we're seen as, you know, this, there's this aggressive um, aggressiveness to us, which is kind of what Andy was saying about not coming across as a crazy person, you know. But if mm. a man goes on a rant, he's allowed, but women getting angry is, is very frowned upon. And we're taught to be empathetic, and I don't think we encourage that in men. So a lot of boys will say, oh, imagine it's your sister or imagine it's your mother. And I would say, imagine it's another human. Imagine another human is feeling this way. But I've had, I mean, I've had conversations with boys before. I remember years ago, I was, I was walking home and I had a bottle of wine in my hand and a car pulled up next to me and it was probably eight o'clock at night. And I was not far from the main road and a car kind of slowed down next to me and wound down the window. And this man said, oi. And the music got louder and I was absolutely, I turned around and I, I swore at him and I said, can I fucking help you? Sorry for the swearing. <laughs> you can bleep that if you need to. Um, and it was my friend who was coming to meet me at my house. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'll see you at your house. And then I was mortified. I was like, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. And when we got to my house, I said, I'm so sorry. And he was like, you shouldn't be sorry. And I said, I was just really angry. And he was like, you look terrified to me. And I think that that's the thing. That was the moment he was like, next day he messaged me and said, my friend just catcalled and I stopped him. So I think it's just this level of empathy that that a lot of men, because they are physically stronger a lot of the time than women, so a lot of men don't have that experience of feeling powerless. Um, and as soon as they understand what what it looks like for a woman to be scared of them, when they know that they're not a they're not an aggressive man, I mean the same happened with my. Um, ex-boyfriend we had a conversation where I was like you're scary (laughs) and he just didn't think about himself as scary so I think that there's this element of like a lack of empathy where some men just have no idea how scary it is to be a woman Mm -hmm. and it's not scary because we're nervous about getting laughed at or we're nervous about being embarrassed we're nervous about being killed or being hurt physically Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing I would try and explain to people and I think that's the thing that we are lacking in the music industry is that when someone comes up and grabs your bum really hard that's not that's not funny that's not um you know that's not attractive that doesn't make me want to go home with that person that makes me feel like I'm I'm going to get beaten up mm. you know and and there's a power play there that I just don't think is really discussed or understood in the community of male, cis male musicians. I think that it's changing, definitely. But, yeah, sorry, that's a long answer. <laughs> no, that's that's um, fully understandable. Yeah, it's like in your track, the good guy um, track that we are talking about at the moment, um, it's, mm. <laughs> you say that it's, it's bigger than both of us and it sounds like that we do have a, a societal issue um, or this hangover from of patriarchy that's still... Uh, ingrained into to our culture. Absolutely. And that line, the bigger than I suppose, it was about me being like, I'm not going to his gig, not because I'm trying to stand up for my girlfriend. I'm not going because there is just a, such, a, such a need for us to be a, a collective in this situation and not accept bad behaviour, not because we're trying to be, I don't want to be, I hate 
that person, I'm trying to be like, you didn't do the right thing mm. and you need, there needs to be a consequence for that action. And how does it make you feel when you do see musicians um, that, that behave badly and behave, you know, wrongly in the industry but still manage to have a successful career and they seem almost oh invincible? It's, it's incredibly infuriating. I mean, it's getting, for me, it's getting better. Like the playlists I make and the, the people I listen to, the musicians I listen to, honestly, are all women. <laughs> like, and that could not have happened 15 years ago. Like when I was growing up as a 15-year-old, there is I didn't think I would be a musician. That was not something I thought. I just liked playing music. It wasn't a career goal for me because it didn't, it wasn't possible. It wasn't, it wasn't, you, I couldn't see it because therefore I couldn't be it. So I think that one big thing is like making sure that there are visible women um, so that there is someone to look up to. And in terms of how it's very difficult still as a, as an artist to particularly as a woman, because there are lots and lots of um, young men playing music and they don't get hit on by festival promoters. For the most part, I'm sure they. I'm sure there are exceptions to that, but for the most part, they don't get hit on by festival promoters. They don't get hit on by managers. They don't um, get touched inappropriately by whoever else is at a at a gig. And so, therefore, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the um, that's the thing that's very difficult. Is you you walk the line between not wanting to damage your career by speaking out against someone who's much more powerful than you, but also trying to um, stick to your values and stay true to who you are. Like I'm a very outspoken person and if I see someone doing the wrong thing, I'm I'm nine times out of ten going to step in and say something if I feel safe. Mm. Um, so, so not saying something goes against every fibre of my being. However, if I was to speak out a bit against all the people in, in my <laughs> career history who have been inappropriate I wouldn't I wouldn't play a gig again you know (laughs) so it's like it's very difficult to to know where to know which battles to fight as an as a I'm not I'm not like big enough in the pond yet to do that um tell us about the music video for good guy it looks like it was um you know a lot of fun to make considering the subject matter yeah, well, I was really conscious of not making it serious because the song is so serious to me. Um, portraying that is too big a task. That's not something I wanted to take on. That's a lot of responsibility, um, I think. And it's a music video. It's three minutes. It's not a documentary. It's not, <laughs> you know. So I, we, Gina Sumpleth, who um, did the clip with me, she and I were like, let's stay well away from the serious heavy side of this topic because it's not that's just not appropriate um so we tried to make it quite light-hearted and my very dear friend mark who played um the lead role he he and i um he's actually hilariously he's he's the best friend of my my ex-boyfriend <laughs> but um we're very good pals and i sort of messaged him and i said hey do you think megan megan your girlfriend would be okay with you playing my you know, date for the day. And he was like, absolutely, that's fine. And everyone was fine. And it was, we just had, he's one of my best friends and we just get along incredibly well. And we spent a lot of the time making fart jokes. Um, <laughs> so having lots of laughs 
And um, he wasn't drinking at all, all day, and I was. So I was progressively getting drunker, <laughs> and he was just sober as a judge. Um, and it took about three hours for him to get his prosthetics. I won't, I won't, I mean, for those of you who haven't watched it, I won't reveal. Um, you'll see it in the first, I may as well. I think it's the very first frame. Anyway, <laughs> you see it in the first frame. Yeah, exactly. So, and we just, Honestly, it was one of those days where we were like, why isn't this hard? Like, it was just really easy. At one point, we were walking down through this beautiful grove of trees in a park in Brunswick and this golden retriever ran across and there was dappled sunlight and we were like, this is amazing. Um, so we just had lots and lots of fun and he's very funny. Mark is very funny and he's very nice. So him being this, like, weird, creepy jerk <laughs> was just very funny because he, he just just so far from from who he is, and I think he kind of liked that. So we just had the best day, um, and we we went to Compass Pizza and to the Yarra Hotel and Methven Park in Brunswick, and just yeah, we all just had such a really such a good time. And Danny, who did the prosthetics, she also did prosthetics for um, Tones and I for her film clip. Um, like her most recent one and the, and the first one she did. So That's she fun. is a consummate professional and, and the loveliest person. Um, and Mark, yeah, we just, I think it was just the people that made the clip because mm. Mark is, he just takes direction so well. And Gina had exactly in her mind what, um, what she wanted and what we were kind of aiming for. And yes, yeah, it was the best. I, I really had a great time. And I think because I had a great time, it all came across across quite natural, which yeah. is what I wanted. I didn't want it to feel awkward. As soon as he, as soon as Mark held my hand, I was like, "Oh, oh, this is weird." I'm glad the camera's not on my face because he's like a brother to me. So <laughs> it was weird in that moment. But um, I think we managed to. Yeah, we just had a really good time, which was nice because it's such a full-on subject matter and. That song, every time I play it, I'm like, I just am filled with rage again. Um, so it was nice to kind of just have a good time. And now I watch the clip and I'm like, oh, that was a good day. So it's kind of, you know, cathartic in that sense. Oh, good. Well, it looked like you had a lot of fun making it and it comes across very naturally. Um, and sure, uh, congratulations thanks. to you both. And uh, good, good on Mark for dealing with prosthetics um, for, for the majority of the day. <laughs> Oh, he was so good. And also, you know, I said to Mark, I was like, oh, this is like a pretty intense thing to say about men and whatever. And Mark was like, anyone who thinks it's intense is an idiot and you can ignore them. <laughs> so he he's very much a feminist and it was really important to me to have everyone working with me, the people that worked on the track and worked on the clip to be on the same page politically as mm. me. And so it was, he is just, yeah, he's he is a classic good guy, not not a good guy in the in the sense of the song. <laughs> yeah, big disclaimer when it comes to Mark. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so just before I let you go, uh, what's coming up for the rest of the year? I know that this whole COVID nineteen thing's probably thrown out any plans that you've had, um, but you've yeah. probably made some adjustments and made some other plans. What's in the works um, after Good Guy? Well, I think um, there'll be another two, maybe three singles, mm -hmm. um, which I think I've been having some a bit of, I'm, I might say too much, but the next song will be will be pretty straightforward. Um, I've kind of recorded that and it's pretty much done. So that will probably come out in a few months. It's called King Size Bed mm -hmm. and it's about not, not being able to get close enough to someone. So it's kind of appropriate for, <laughs> for this for current situation that we're all yeah, in. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, the last 
couple of singles I haven't recorded yet. So I'm kind of brainstorming ways to do that. And I think it might be fun to kind of um, make it a bit of a, I send to you, you send to the next person, you add things. So I, I think it could actually be really nice. There's, I'm really trying hard to see the silver lining in this, um, excuse my language, shitstorm that we are currently all in because otherwise I'll lose my mind. So I, I feel I'm kind of excited about the, the musical. I've got a few weeks off work in the next couple of in the next month. So I think it'll be really nice to just kind of dive into being creative for a while. Yeah. I, I guess the silver lining in, in it for creatives is that um, I guess you, you don't have as many distractions around you, so you can probably concentrate yeah. on your art. <laughs> Zero distractions apart from the birds, which are really having a field day at my house, which is quite lovely. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me, Kit. I really, really appreciate it. Congratulations on Good Guy. You can check out the single and the video now uh, across all good digital platforms. Um, do we have a physical release planned? Mm, maybe for the latter half of the year, but not okay. quite yet. I'm also looking into sweatshirts for winter. Oh, so I love a good sweatshirt. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brad. This was really lovely. That was a Melbourne-based musician by the name of Kit joining me to talk about her debut solo single called Good Guy. You can find more information about Kit plus all the links to purchase Good Guy at our website. Just go to energy-groove.com. A big thank you to Kit for spending the time to talk to me this afternoon. Let's hear the single now that she dropped earlier this month. This is Good Guy by Kit on Energy Groove.